often on special days such as Mother's Day, Father's Day, around Christmas, Easter, sometimes Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Independence Day, we'll look at passages that speak directly to the reason that we've set aside for the day. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at this message entitled, A Woman's Influence. And though some of you will immediately think, okay, this discounts me immediately, because that doesn't apply. I'm not a woman. But I want you to know that the truths that will be shared, though directed specifically to women, will apply to all of us. And so please be attentive to God's word. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 10 declares, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Proverbs 31 is not an unfamiliar text. As you read on from that point, which you may recall, is actually given to a man by the name of Lemuel by his mother. It is wisdom that she passing on to him. And the purpose of sharing this wisdom was for Lemuel to continue on to look for those types of traits in a wife, in a woman that he would marry. Sometimes we think of Proverbs 31 as applying to women only in that way, that if you're a wife or a mother, you can be the virtuous woman. But the reality is that Proverbs 31 is a passage that describes and declares the value of the virtuous woman, something that every woman can be. And what Proverbs 31 speaks to us about is the reality that every woman possesses value that nothing on earth can illustrate. Did you catch what he says, what, what she says there? Who can find a virtuous woman for her price, her value, is not like that of rubies. But what does Lemuel's mother say to him? Her price is far above. Nothing on earth can illustrate the value of the Proverbs 31 woman. And that value represents potential. Ladies, Regardless of your age or your status, you have value and potential beyond anything this world can capably draw a comparison. Sometimes we give labels to ourselves. People do. Having been married for many years, and my wife, of course, being the mother of or soon to be five children, I know that ladies in particular can label themselves many different ways. And sometimes 
value is drawn from those labels. It does not matter what your age is or labels you assign yourself. You value. Nothing on this earth can even compare. But I have questions for you today. What are you doing with that value, or what will you do with it? One pastor wrote of the virtuous woman that she is a woman who knows how to grab heaven and apply it to earth so life becomes better for everyone under her influence. And so as we consider this, let's look at an example in the Bible of women who use their potential to influence eternity for Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want you to look at verse 5, and then we'll continue and read verses 14 through 17 of chapter 3. So look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. Paul here is writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. He's actually sharing in this passage his gratitude for Timothy and how when he prays and he remembers Timothy, he, he prays with gratitude for Timothy, for his partnership in the faith, but for something particular about him that Paul did not only notice in him, but also notice other very impertinent, pertinent and influential people in Timothy's life. And so 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, Paul says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in thee also. Then I want you to jump to chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Here now, Paul is challenging Timothy in light of deceivers, false teachers, seducers. Paul has described those individuals to Timothy to an extent and now he challenges them in light of deceivers, in light of seducers, in light of false teachers. He says this, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. Notice this statement. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I want you to remember what you've been taught. I want you to continue to persevere in what you've been taught. And as you're remembering what you've been taught, also remember who taught you these things. And he goes on and he says this, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation the faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. If you go 
to chapter 1 and verse number 5, Paul again, as he's expressing his gratitude to Timothy, for Timothy, doesn't just mention Timothy, but he mentions two other pertinent people to Timothy's life. And who were they? Lois and Eunice. And who were they to Timothy? A mom, a grandmom, a mother, a grandmother. Um, for, for my kids, my mother's side, Nani. These two women, important to Timothy's life, who greatly influenced eternity for Jesus Christ through influencing Timothy. Ladies, once again, I want you to listen carefully. You have the same opportunity, the same potential. No matter what your status is, no matter what your age is, whether you are a wife without children, a mother, a grandmother, a widow, a single mom, a young girl or lady, whether you've never been married, whatever your age or status, you have this same opportunity and potential to influence eternity for Jesus Christ. And so how? What do these passages speak to us about in relation to a woman's influence? I want you to see two activities that Lois and Eunice exhibited that allowed them to influence eternity for Jesus Christ. Number one, I want you to see this. Demonstrate what an looks like. Demonstrate what an authentic faith looks like. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, notice it again. Paul is expressing his gratitude to and for Timothy for his partnership in ministry, for his life, for, notice what he says, his unfeigned faith. What is that? What is unfeigned faith? Literally, that word unfeigned means dissembled which is an old English word that means not pretended, genuine, or undisguised. It has the idea of being sincere, being authentic. One said it this way, the phrase unfeigned faith could literally be translated unhypocritical faith. That is, faith that is not an act. It was for real, not just in appearance. Can I ask you very simply this question today? Is your faith real? Is your faith real? The faith that perhaps you profess, that you proclaim to have, the faith that, that you profess to demonstrate is it real? Is it authentic? Is it sincere? You see, because there are counterfeits out there. There are, 
There are those who profane faith, but the faith is not authentic. Let me illustrate for you this morning. Some of you have been looking at this table up here with this bag and wondering what in the world is in the bag. I've got some goodies up here, and I am not going to touch these, so if anyone wants them after church, just let me know, okay? I bought them just for this. Does anyone, everyone see what this is? What is it? Go ahead, talk to me. Diet, okay, I heard someone say Coke. Who said Coke? Okay, Coke, it's Diet Coke, right? What is Diet Coke? Well, it says Coke, right? But it really doesn't have anything. This isn't real Coke. It's diet. Says it's Coke, but it is not the real thing. It's missing some things, isn't it? It's had some things substituted. Not the real thing. Then I also have this one. You know, they try to really convince us of this one. What's this? Coke Zero. Again, it says, it says Coca-Cola. It, it makes you think that it's the real thing because it still has the red label, not this ugly gray one. It's not the red label, but the lettering is in a different color. But this is Coke Zero. This is, this is I mean, this is, this is missing it all. It says it's Coke, but, but it's not really the real thing. Oh, then we've got this one here. What's that? Cherry Coca-Cola. Once again, it says Coca-Cola. This one's not missing things. It, they've not taken these out. They've added something. It, it's like what we actually see a lot of unfortunately in professing Christianity it's the professing that says Christ plus adding things to what the Bible teaches for salvation but it's it's still not the real thing right and then here it is oh what's that Coca-Cola now this is the real thing. It, it's it's Coca-Cola plus nothing, minus nothing. This is the real deal. You open this up and you drink from this, you're going to get the authentic thing. All this other stuff, it's not the real thing. It's got stuff missing, it's got stuff added, and you might say, well, I prefer some of that. But the point remains, it's not the real thing. Has anyone ever been to the Coca-Cola place in Atlanta, Georgia? A few of you have. We went there once years ago. It's a crazy place. It has all kinds of Coke memorabilia. It has, uh, you can actually go see and see them bottling up Coke. But toward the end of the tour, there is a room that has all these fountain dispensers all over the room. And it is like every kind of Coke that's ever been made. And you do realize in other countries, they, they serve other kinds of Coke that we don't even get here. 
I don't remember how many there were. It was literally dozens of different varieties of Coke. But when it comes down to it, the reality is that there is only one real Coca-Cola. The original. The real deal. The authentic. Is your faith the real thing? Notice, if you would, in 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, Paul deals here, number one, with the presence of authentic faith. As Paul shares with Timothy that he remembered him often in prayer, he he is reminded that Timothy was Paul's son in the faith. We don't know exactly how Timothy came to faith in Christ. What we do know is that Paul went to Timothy's hometown, Lystra, during his first missionary journey. Lystra literally left an impression upon Paul because it was in Lystra where after preaching Christ, he was taken outside the city and stoned. I I believe to death and God raised him up. When Paul returns in Acts 16 to to Lystra the second time, we're immediately introduced to Timothy, who is already a disciple. Perhaps he came to faith in Christ while Paul was in Lystra the first time. Perhaps he's come to Christ at some intervening time. Maybe others that Paul told Christ about, uh, they've trusted Christ, and they lead Timothy and his family to the Lord. We simply aren't certain But however it happens, Timothy attaches himself to Paul because Paul hears Acts chapter 16. There's this disciple in Jesus Christ here. He's the real deal. He's believed on Jesus and he is following Jesus authentically, sincerely. Timothy attaches himself to the apostle Paul and goes on to travel with him. And what Paul says here is that, yes, he could not see Timothy's heart. But everything that Paul saw in Timothy's life convinced him that Timothy truly believed and followed Jesus. But then quickly, I want you to see not only the presence of authentic faith, notice, if you will, secondly, the pattern of authentic faith. Because Paul doesn't just say, Timothy, I see this unfeigned faith in you. Your life has convinced me that you truly believe and follow Jesus. But Paul said this first fault. In your grandmother and mother. Again, at some point, maybe at Paul's missionary journey there in Lystra, or at some point in time, Lois and Eunice both believed in Jesus Christ. They sincerely believed and followed Jesus in their lives. They weren't perfect, but they made their faith so central that Paul was convinced of it. Your grandmother and your mother, they've believed too, and they sincerely follow Jesus. I see the evidence of it. They've convinced me as much as one person can convince their faith is real. They really desire to follow 
I want you to think of some truths that, that jump out as we think about Paul's gratitude for their authentic faith. Number one, I want you to understand today, ladies, men alike, you can have a positive, incalculable effect on eternity through influence and grandchildren for Christ. I want you to think about this for a moment. What are Lois and Eunice known for? If I were to ask you to list out all the great accomplishments of their lives, you'd sit down with pencil and paper. Then if I said... Open book quiz. You can, you can open your Bible and search through for Lois and Eunice to write down all the great accomplishments, the churches they planted, the people they led to Christ, the ministries they started. And you'd sit down with your Bible minute after minute, maybe hour after hour, if you're really like, I want to find something. The reality is you'd search Scripture start to end and you wouldn't find it. You just wouldn't. The reality is we don't know anything apart from what Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.5 and in chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. We, we don't know anything else. Did their authentic faith influence anybody else? From the record of Scripture, we simply cannot say, but I am sure that it did. Even though I only know it influenced Timothy, friend, that's enough. A mom influenced her son. A grandmother influenced her grandson for the Lord Jesus Christ. That, did that influence eternity? Timothy left Lystra to travel with the Apostle Paul to be mentored and discipled by him. He, he went with Paul all over the place and eventually was put in places of leadership, leading churches, New Testament churches for Jesus Christ, winning people to Jesus, discipling them for Jesus. And who was it that influenced Timothy? his mother and his grandmother. Friends, recognize the tremendous opportunities you have to influence your children and grandchildren or even others within your sphere for Jesus Christ. You can have a positive and calculable effect on eternity. And then I want you to see this truth secondly. It's just as important, and that's this. The authentic faith of others exemplifies, not affects faith. Pastor, what do you mean by that? I praise God that I come from a family where my parents are believers in Jesus Christ. And as I was growing up, no, my parents were not perfect. But I saw in them 
authentic faith. People who sincerely had given their lives to the Lord and sought to follow him throughout their days. But listen to me, friends. Though I had those great examples of faith in my life, my parents' faith could not count for me. They could exemplify faith. They could show me, Mike, here is what authentic faith looks like. Here's what it means to believe in Jesus and to follow him with your life. But my parents could never go to the Lord and say, Lord, my son needs you. Would you save him? And that saved me. Yes, they could pray for me to be saved. Yes, they could pray for God to use me. Yes, they could pray that I would give my life to Jesus. Yes, they could pray that I would follow Jesus with all my heart. But they could not from their faith save me. They could not from their faith cause me to have faith and give my life to Jesus Christ. You not save anybody else you cannot choose salvation for anyone else and by the way if you're here without christ no one can choose salvation for you nobody else can sir your wife's faith will not take you to heaven you you might be a, a who is married to a, a god-honoring woman who has given her life Christ, you see the evidence of it. You know that her faith is real. And perhaps you're hoping that, you know, that'll be enough for me. It won't. Ma'am, your husband's faith won't save you. It won't help you in that way. Children, your parents' or grandparents' faith will not grant you entry into God's family. God only has children. He doesn't have grandchildren. You can't ride into heaven on a bandwagon with your mom and dad, your grandmom and granddad. Oh, yes, I, my grandmother had a great testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that'll do something for me. My mom was a wonderful believer who followed Jesus with all she was. I hope that's enough for me. It won't be. You must make that decision for yourself. Dad and mom, maybe this situation is true for someone. You can't depend on your children's faith to be good enough for you. If you have examples of authentic faith, praise God for that heritage. Praise God for people that you can look up to, but do not make the mistake of believing that their faith will do anything for you. They can exemplify it but they can't do it for you. Number three, I want you to see this. Again, so critical here. Exemplifying authentic faith is not dependent on the ideal situation. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Look at 2 Timothy 1 verse 5 again. Do you notice anything missing? 
Does anything seem to be missing from 2 Timothy 1 verse 5? Timothy, I, I praise God for the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your mother and your grandmother, and I'm in, in you too. What's missing? Dad is. You notice how Timothy's dad's not mentioned at all? He is mentioned in Acts 16, where we're introduced to Timothy when, when Paul goes to Lystra on his second missionary journey. Timothy's dad is mentioned there. In fact, Acts 16 uh, identifies Timothy's mother Eunice as a Jewess who believed. That simply just tells us that she was a Jew who believed Jesus was the Messiah they were waiting for. She was a converted Jew. Sometimes we call them a completed Jew. One who, who is a part of God's chosen special people who recognized Jesus was indeed the Messiah promised in the prophets and in the Old Testament. I believe he is our Messiah. That was Eunice. But Acts 16 identifies Timothy's father as a Greek. No distinction, no indication of a name, no indication of what his background was, of if he believed and followed Jesus. In fact, in all likelihood, Timothy's father had not at least to that point or the point of 2 Timothy when Paul is Timothy's father had not believed or wasn't present, was absent from his life, or perhaps had believed, but was spiritually inactive. Not a great rock of spiritual strength. Yet, Timothy's life was influenced by the faith of the women in his life. And let me be very clear, friends, and listen please carefully. God does not desire broken homes and households. It's not his desire. He does not desire broken relationships. He doesn't desire divided families. He doesn't desire absent fathers or mothers. He doesn't desire present fathers or mothers who are carnal or apathetic. None of those situations identify God's desire. But all of these happen and exist, don't they? All of those types of situations happen. Some of us came from or have homes like that. Some of us have raised or are raising children as a single parent. Some of us are living with a spouse who does not believe or care to live for Jesus Christ. Some of us are, are living in those types of situations. And because we live in situations like that, and we understand that's not what God desires, we wonder if we can still influence eternity. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 5 and 3 14 through 17 reveal to us that Lois and Eunice are shouting, 
Yes! You may not have the ideal situation, but that does not mean you can't be used by God to influence eternity. Lois and Eunice and Timothy, by the way, growing up in that home, apparently did not have the ideal situation. Did that mean that Timothy was destined to turn out bad? That he was destined to walk away from faith? That Eunice and Lois were destined to not having an opportunity to influence eternity for Jesus? No, they could They didn't have the ideal situation, but they could still be used by God to influence eternity for Christ. Today, you may not have the ideal situation. You can still influence eternity for Jesus Christ. You may not come from the ideal situation. That does not mean you cannot be used and cannot influence others for eternity for Jesus Christ. I have to wonder... If Paul thought of people like Lois and Eunice when he penned 1 Corinthians chapter 7, listen to what he wrote in verses 12 through 16. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. If a man is married to a woman, he believes she doesn't. That's not a cause for separating. And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not, if he be pleased to dwell with her, let him, her not leave him. Listen here. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. The unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? Here's what Paul declares. You might be in that situation that's not ideal. Man is saved, wife isn't. Wife is saved, husband isn't. But that does not mean you can't have an influence. In fact, it is most likely going to be the testimony of your authentic faith that will influence the others connected to that situation that's less than ideal. God can work in that. So believe he can believe and follow Jesus authentically. And then I want you to see, and we'll be brief here, demonstrate where the absolute truth comes from. You can be a person of influence, a woman of influence, by demonstrating what an authentic faith looks like and demonstrating where the absolute truth comes from. Again, you're in 2 Timothy. Look back at chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. We'll not reread that. But here again, Paul is speaking to Timothy about false teachers and seducers. He challenged Timothy to continue in the things he had learned to remember whom he learned them from. So some questions and answers. Let's think about the source. Whom had Timothy learned the truth from? Well, certainly Paul is involved. 
Paul had taken him under wing, had discipled him, had mentored him in the ministry, had left him in, in different places to serve the Lord, and, and Timothy was doing that. Timothy looked up to him. But Paul was not the only one, nor was he the first one. Notice he said in verse number 15 that Timothy should remember that from a child he had learned the Holy Scriptures. The Greek word translated child in our text literally identifies an infant. A baby from day number one. Paul says, Timothy, from day number one, you have learned the scriptures. You've been taught. You've been shown. You've been established in the scriptures. Okay, so question who has access to a person from day number one a mom does maybe even a grandmother that was true in timothy's case from day number one he had a mom and a grandmom who taught him the scriptures both through speaking it and through showing it. Lois and Eunice were used by God to show Timothy where the absolute truth comes from. Notice the subject. What does the scriptures teach? As Lois and Eunice taught Timothy the word of God... What did Timothy come to, to know? What, 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 what does the Bible have that was helpful to Timothy's life? Paul identifies it in this text. In verse number 15, he says, From a child you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Note number one, the Bible contains saving truth. It's been said that one can be wise unto many different things, but the wisdom unto salvation is the most important wisdom that one can ever have. I understand as a parent, you have the responsibility to teach your kids a lot of different things. Right? From day number one, you're teaching your children everything. Everything. I mean, the list of what a parent is not teaching their child is a lot shorter than the list of what they are. You're teaching your children everything. You, as a parent, know I am one. As a parent, you, you want to help your, your children learn how to make it. Right? How to get along in life. How to succeed in life. Can I challenge you today? Maybe you've never thought of it this way before. As you are teaching your kids how to make it in this life, don't forget or neglect to teach them how to make it in the next life. Because, friend, the next life is a whole lot longer, a whole lot more important, and even a whole lot more real than this one. 
I want you to see not only that, the Bible contains transforming truth. As you think about 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, such familiar verses of Scripture that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. We define those. Doctrine, teach you what is right. Reproof, teach you what's wrong. Correction, teach you how to make what's wrong right. Instruction in righteousness, teach you how to keep it right. And sometimes we talk about that stuff, show you what's right, show you what's wrong, how to make what's wrong right, and how to keep it right. And sometimes we hear that and we think of it, man, that's in some way a negative. You think about it. You're going to show me what's right and what's wrong and how to make what's wrong right and how to keep it right. Friends, there's nothing negative about it. This is all positive. These are realities that we should be thankful for and praise God for, not things to be negative about. And then the Bible contains equipping truth. Verse 17, that the man of God may What's that all about? Being equipped to fulfill God's purpose for your life. As Lois and Eunice taught Timothy the scriptures, in the midst of all the things that any mother, grandmother, parent, grandparent teaches their children, they made sure they took time to teach him the scriptures where he could understand what it means to be saved what it what it means to be changed transformed by jesus and what it means to be equipped for a life of service mom and grandmother were instrumental in providing timothy the tools he needed to effectively serve the lord jesus christ mom grandmom dad granddad that's part of your responsibility. Matthew Henry wrote these words, we best oppose error by promoting a solid knowledge of the word of truth. And the greatest kindness we can do to children is to make them early to know the Bible. Then I want you to see not only the source and the subject, but think of the substance what did the testimony of Lois and Eunice prompt as they demonstrated where the truth come from? Well, think about it in Timothy's life. It prompted his conversion. I don't know if Lois or Eunice were the ones directly who sat Timothy down at the bedside one night and Timothy expressed his desire to place his faith in Jesus Christ. And Lois or Eunice took the word of God and, and the message that they had been given about Jesus and how he died, how he fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. He died for sin. I, I don't know if they took him to Isaiah 53 and spoke about the servant who, whose stripes and whose wounds would heal us, who would make us righteous, though we're full of iniquity. I, I don't know if they were the ones directly who did that, but I know that their testimonies, what they did teaching the Scripture, influenced him to trust Christ himself. You know the name, many of you do, of Charles Spurgeon. 
throughout his life and ministry, Spurgeon often reflected on the influence of his mother. And in fact, he, he's known for a quote about no one has more influence upon the, the life of a child than a godly mother. And Charles would often speak about and testify about the, the influence of his mother upon even his own conversion. He was the firstborn. Charles' dad was himself a preacher who would often travel and preach in different churches itinerantly. And, and often that would leave his mother and the children at home. And and on Sunday nights in particular, Susanna, or excuse me, Mrs. Spurgeon would take them and she would sit them and teach them the word of God and pray for them. And Spurgeon spoke about how one time he even heard his mother pray as she regularly did, listen to her prayer for her children. He, he says that she prayed, Now, Lord, if my children go on in their sins, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear a swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold of Christ. Wow. Spurgeon did not early trust Jesus. In fact, he, he was late teenage, early adult by the time he trusted Christ. And though he did not directly trust Christ from his mother sitting him down and showing him the scripture, he did so in a, in a revival service that he ended up at. He often credits his mother and her influence on his life, his salvation, his ministry. For Timothy, Lois and Eunice, their testimony prompted his conversion. It prompted his confidence Paul writes here about uh, knowing the truth. It, he says in verse 15, you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise. And he goes on talking about it and, and talks about it in, in terms of Timothy knows these things. He believes them himself. He's confident in these things himself. And what Paul is pointing out is the idea that even... Lois and Eunice's testimony prompted Timothy's confidence in these things. He wasn't shaken by his mother and grandmother and his faith. He was built up and helped. And then it prompted his continuance. Paul would encourage him, continue in the things you've learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. How could Paul going in the face of pressure, in the face of persecution, in the fa face of seducers and deceivers who would try to lead him astray by remembering the influence of his mother, his grandmother, upon his life. Friends, you have a marvelous opportunity to have that same kind of influence upon your children, your grandchildren, any within your sphere, to have an influence for eternity in Jesus Christ. Lois and Eunice 
we wouldn't know them apart from the influence they had on a son and a grandson by the name of Timothy. How can you have that kind of influence within your home, at the workplace, in the community? Demonstrate what an authentic faith looks like. Demonstrate where the authentic truth comes from. Be a person who believes and follows Jesus. Be a person of the word. Flow out of you and have that kind of an influence.